So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I am Michael from Heart of Gold. And we're asking some questions today about his upcoming album, Beautiful Dangerous. So congrats on that, by the way. How are you personally feeling about the record? Because it's not announced yet at the time of recording. So how are you feeling? Oh, great. Really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming because of the with everything going on in the world right now. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's an album I've been sat on for about a year and a half actually. It's been wow. done for so long, and then um, I've had so much time alone to digest it because um, I was so focused on writing and producing and, and everything. So now I have a finished product in my hand. I can actually start to enjoy it as a listener as well as uh, as well as you know, the, 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 I guess, creator, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It, I love it. And I'm, I'm very stoked for people to, to check it out for sure. Oh yeah. So was awesome. this like your, your pandemic album to like kind of keep you sane throughout the whole thing? Is this what you worked on? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but in fact, this, uh, this was definitely at the beginning of the pandemic. This was, so everything kind of happened around March, 2020, mm-hmm. I started writing this record and we finished it by August 2020. Um, and then I had to go back to England for a while. Um, and I started writing more music. So I was just a constant, just constantly writing as much as I could. Definitely to keep sane. Um, it was uh, it was quite a challenge being home and everything locked down um, with not much else to do i'm from a very very small town in england um so there wasn't a great deal of things to do and no shows were happening there was nothing going on so um yeah writing music uh, especially this hot gold stuff has been a saving grace essentially so yeah that's good that's good uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art yeah um <clears throat> beautiful dangerous is actually um it's it's kind of like the what I view as anything that happens in life. It it's one or it's the other or it's both. It's you know falling in love. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It makes you feel good, but it's also dangerous. Not in the term of you know oh I'm gonna get hit by a car or something. But dangerous is in like yeah. you know what it can do to you, what it can make you feel uh, personally, and how it changes you and. And dangerous doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing either. That it can also mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's danger can also be quite thrilling and quite, you know, uh, exciting, so to speak. So I always was fascinated by those two words as starting off points for writing the record and writing the songs, um, make it beautiful, make it dangerous, and it will hopefully make sense. Um, and with the album cover as well, you see, uh, this 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 uh, this character kind of lay out in the water, uh, which can be seen as danger, you know, because their arms are up. It could be the danger of being in, you know, drowning in water. But the beauty is, the beautiful is, you know, this beautiful flowers blooming from it. That's almost like a, a metaphorical way of, you know, growing and um, and such. So, like, I think being in the water is dangerous, but you need the water for beautiful things to grow. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it made sense as we were piecing it together, but now I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, hang on a minute. Does that actually, <laughs> does that actually make any sense? But hopefully people get it. So. No, it, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. And yeah. even if somebody doesn't understand it right away, it still looks like really cool. So oh, thank you so much. I'm very, very excited to, uh, 
the, to share it with the world. It's uh, like I said, it was a long time coming and there's a lot of thought gone behind every detail of the record musically, like phonically and also visually. So um, yeah, very excited. That's good. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Yeah. Um, so I, I moved to San Diego, <clears throat> excuse me, where I am right now. Um, myself and my fiance, um, we, we got, we're living here and my friend, Phil, he's the producer on Beautiful Dangerous. He's also from the UK, from a town quite close to me, actually near Liverpool. And, um, we'd always wanted to work together for so long and we talked about it online. We'd had zoom calls and FaceTimes and we like realized that it was, it almost felt like it was meant to be with two, two kids from really small towns in the Northwest of England. We both found ourselves in Southern California, weirdly. And he wanted to write this or produce this type of record. I wanted to write this type of record. So why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we together doing it? So we met up um, and we just started writing and it felt like an instant connection. He like, I get what the, the saying is like, he understood the assignment essentially. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like had these ideas, not so much lyrics, but actual ideas about what I wanted to write about. And that's where Beautiful Dangerous came from. And I gave them to him and I gave him some very rough demos, like voice notes on my phone. I had like thousands of voice notes. And I was just like, let's do this. Let's try this. Let's try that. And um, so it was a back and forth between San Diego and Los Angeles um, every day for about eight weeks or something. Wow. Uh, and we were just, uh, yeah, I like was not, my credit card company was not happy with the I was amount gonna of, say, yeah. of gas. Um, but it was just so fun because every day was new. It was, there'd be days where I'd be like, I'm not feeling it today. I don't have any inspiration to write. But that would, not having that would also be a weird form of inspiration. I feel like I've got nothing to talk about right now. And I'm like, what? okay, what's causing that? Let's write about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of, um, it grew, the, the whole record, a lot of it is personal experience. A lot of it, I would write from like a, a second or third party. So I would you know, I, my friends would tell me what they were going through at the time. And I'd be like, oh man, I, I can write about this, you know, with their blessing, of course. And um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really fun process. Watched a lot of like 80s movies That's to get good. inspiration <laughs> for the soundtrack. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Those kind of feel good movies. Like um, the big one was the Goonies. Um, oh, I love the Goonies. My favorite, yeah. my favorite movie. Uh, well, I have two favorite, The Goonies and Stand By Me, which are both 80s classic movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I found myself drew to the soundtrack and the music. And I was like, that's what I want people to feel with something I can write. Um, so yeah, I would watch those movies like a couple times a week, just like, God, I, imagine if I was writing the soundtrack to this feel good thing. And yeah, so the process was a lot of fun, tiring, but uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun indeed. That's good. That's awesome. So I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Uh, okay. So um, I, I actually dropped a, like a little teaser yesterday. Uh, it's one of the interludes on the record. It's called uh, There's a Difference Between. And the line is, I had to learn to hate you to keep you alive. Hmm. And uh, I got asked what that meant while I was right while I was recording this song 
And it's, uh, it's all about feeling and emotion and where everything in life that has led me to where I am right now, um, growing and learning from those experiences. I, where I am right now, I had to use everything that was thrown at me over the last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, and use it to grow to who I am right now and the music I'm writing and the person I've become for my friends, for my family, for my fiance, everything. So I had to learn to hate you. I had to, uh, meant, means I had to learn to um, become, like accept the fact that I had to go through challenging, tough, turmoil, horrible times. But I also, took, I had to learn to hate you to keep you alive, meaning I can't just forget about those things because then I would be, I wouldn't be who I am without those things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to use that as fuel and the experience to, to help me grow, to become the person I am right now. So I, yeah, those things I went through, the, you know, growing up and the, the pain and the heartache and the happiness and everything, I had to use those as fuel, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm happy to hate them, but not forget about them. So, um, <laughs> again, I'm sorry if I'm, um, it sounds like I'm just mumbling on, but as I'm saying it, it kind of makes sense. So I hope, yeah. it make, I hope it makes sense. It's so. a podcast. Let's talk <laughs> it up. Yeah. Talk <laughs> all you yeah, want. Yeah, so um, so how'd the track list for the album come about? Did you write the opener, be the opener, closer, be a closer, just shuffle around, see what fits? What was that process like? Um, it was definitely, there was a couple of reshuffles. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took, a, it's, it's funny. I had the, the tracks, it's about, there's 14 tracks total. And I had the opening track. It's a track called To The Blue. And um, I wrote it. And in my mind, I was like, I don't think this is going to be an opening track. But the more I was writing the song and I thought it was finished like two or three different times and I would just add things and I'd go back to the producer and be like, hey, I want to add one more thing to this song and this and this. And it ended up becoming like, um, I believe it's the band Cartel. I kind of drew a bit of influence from them. They have an opening track on one of their records and I forget the name and I'm very sorry, but um, in the opening track, it has little bits of um, the rest of the album that's to come in. So there'll be like little bits of vocals from, you know, track two onwards. Mm -hmm. And there'll just be little chops and little, you know, little um, lines out of choruses or verses or whatever. Yeah. And it's almost like it's an introduction to the whole album, but you can hear, you know, oh, that, that little bit's from the chorus of track eight or so on. So I kind of did like that. I thought that was the right song to do it with. So To The Blue has got, it has its own um, meaning and it has its own lyrics. However, there is a, um, like, a, it pays homage to everything else going on in the album. So it, it made sense to be like, this is the album, but it's all condensed into this one song. And then here's all of those individual songs coming straight after. So that is so cool. Yeah, I love it, I love when artists do that. It was a weird thing. I mean, it was uh, it was Phil, the producer. Actually, he said, um, "Yeah, this might be kind of an interesting thing to do." And I'll be honest. At first, I was like, I, "I don't know. I don't know if that's cheesy or if it's like it sounds lazy." But when we did it, I was like, "You know what? This makes sense. This is perfect." So yeah, let's keep it. So sure, sure. 
Uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record? Uh, oh, well, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was all over the place in, in not necessarily a bad, bad way, but, um, at the time of writing, it was, um, the pandemic was in full swing. So it was, we, uh, my other band had just finished a tour and we were up in the studio and then out of nowhere, it was like, oh, you can't go here anymore. You can't go here anymore. You have to wear mm -hmm. a mask. You have to, you can't go to restaurants. You can't go to the movies and you can't do this. And I rely on those things for, you know, like everybody does, but I rely on those things for my mental health because yeah. I sit at home in front of my computer and I just write music all day. I just try, even if it's a 30 second thing. Um, and I remember I was super, super excited to do this album um, that I didn't care about the drives from San Diego to LA every day. But then at the same time, it was like, uh, you know, the excitement of writing an album isn't just writing the album, but it's the, you know, it's the being at the studio, it's being around other creatives. And that was like stripped away um, in a sense, because it just, it, usually you're in a big room, there's drums, there's a piano, there's this, there's that. But it was just a, it was just a small room with a desk and a computer. And I was still very excited because we got to write this incredible record, but I was like almost pining for those things. And it made me feel just like, you know, I hope this is going to be good enough. I hope this is going to be worthy enough because it's, it wasn't done in the, you know, what would be a like professional sense in terms mm -hmm. of a big studio. But I feel like what we created was better than good enough for me as a, as an artist to, to release. So, my headspace definitely writing it was a mixed bunch it was uh super happy and excited but also like almost nervous and worried mm -hmm. so i think that made for some of the content on the record too was uh was feeling those different things so yeah uh so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on it is a workout album party album what do you personally recommend um, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to my friend about this the other day, actually. It's like how, if he was to play it to his girlfriend, how would he like the setting to be? And I said, honestly, when I, when I wrote a lot of the music, not so much the lyrics, but the music, in my mind, it was you're driving over a long bridge. The sun is slowly setting. There's a skyline, the sunset, you're on the water. There's something yeah. cool. It's almost like, um, the Miami vice kind of vibe, I guess is, uh, the closest thing um but obviously not everybody has access to something like that so i just said just go on a drive go on a long drive in the middle of the night or you know around sunset whatever just put it on don't have it too loud just put it on and almost treat it as if it was the soundtrack to life and whatever you're doing at the time just treat it as if it was um, because that's essentially what I wanted at the end was to make a soundtrack for, yeah. for life, for life, which is beautiful or dangerous. And I think hopefully everyone can relate to that having, you know, experiences and stuff. So, um, yeah, treat it as a soundtrack, put it on in the car, just drive around. Or if you, I mean, lay in bed and just put it on, close your eyes, turn the lights off and just try it that way. But I don't know. I feel like the uh, the overall energy of the record deserves something while you're kind of doing something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Take go go for a long drive somewhere. Just 
even downtown, just drive around, get some food and just, you know, hang out with friends and just put it on in the background and hopefully you like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, if you don't mind me asking, sorry, Shane, how did you personally listen to this album for the first time when it was all together, full track list, masters are back. What was that like? Uh, it was great. Actually, it was really fun. I, I have this tendency with, especially with any, any music I've recorded before, I will, um, obviously spending so long on songs in a studio you start to get sick of things you're just like oh, yeah god I hate this now or like <laughs> you know I don't want to listen to this for a while so when I finished the record I, I recorded the very last thing I sent it off they mixed it and then they sent it to get mastered um and then I had an email and it was like here's the album it's done it's wow. done and yeah. I looked at the folder I had the folder on my on my screen it said beautiful dangerous masters and I stared at it for like a couple hours and then I think I got distracted and I went for dinner and then I came back and I was looking at it again. And I was like, I kind of want to just wait a little bit for this because I'm still kind of like, I can still hear the song as I was writing it. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to wait. And I ended up waiting and waiting. And then next thing you know, it was like two weeks or something. Wow. And then I went back to it and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to, I had uh, my studio set up at home. This is back in the UK and I, I had my speaker set up and I just hit play and I just like leant back in my chair. I lit a candle and I was like, all right, I'm just going to like, I'm not going to listen to it and be like, this needs changing. This needs changing or whatever. I'm just going to listen to it as, as, as like a fan of the band and imagine that I didn't have anything to do with this record, but I want to imagine it that way. And I did, and I loved it. And I didn't, I, I, I'm, I think I made one or two notes um for like one or two songs and it was only little things it was like oh can the bass turn up just a little bit here and stuff like mm -hmm. that that was like it was done it was fixed in 30 seconds so it was uh yeah it was a very easy quick decision for me to be like okay i'm very happy with this so yeah that's awesome and this is just a hypothetical question but do you think if you listened to it like right away as soon as you got the email you would have had like a longer list of notes because you're already oh, yeah. so sick of it yeah, definitely. I like I said that any songwriter would tell you they have a tendency to you get a product back that you've made and you spend so long in the studio and it like months and months and then you get it back and you're like, God, I wish I just did this differently with the vocal. Mm -hmm. I wish I. So I think it's because it's fresh in your mind. So the key I thought to me was just don't listen to it. In fact, mm -hmm. forget it exists for a couple of days. And that ended up being the two weeks. So. I think if it was any sooner, I would have been like, you know, oh, no, I, you know, I want to change this. I want to change that. But it's one of them. It's like, I didn't think it was, it was broken. So I'm just not going to fix it. So exactly, I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy with the, the finished product. So. Good. Good. So this question should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Oh man. Um, Oh, geez, that's a, that's a tough one. Yep. Because my mind instantly goes to the title, Beautiful Dangerous. Yeah. Um, because, but that's just like more of a metaphorical term. But I think, uh, oh, no, why can't I think of any? Like, I, I've like forgotten words right now. Um, yeah, come you're on. speaking them right now, so you haven't completely forgotten. <laughs> but I'm like running, I'm using them all up. <laughs> um Man, I don't know. That's so tough. Um, 
it's it's so bizarre because it, there's just so many different things that I could say energetic. First word, mm-hmm. bizarre. Bizarre. Oh, okay, bizarre. Go. Let's go with bizarre. It's right. it's bizarre. It's uh, um, I don't want to say energetic because there's a lot of it which is just so stripped back and so, um, how is it like? Uh, man, relaxing, I guess. Relaxing, okay. yeah, yeah. Relaxing, bizarre, and jeez. Uh, you know, if I had like five minutes, I could probably think of some way better words for this, but um, I, I can't. I you just my need mind one more. Blank. What the hell? It's just one. It's just one. Oh. I, I, I don't know. Somebody know. walks up to you and it's like, what does the album sound like? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> like you're on the spot. They're waiting. They're, they're waiting. They're looking I would, at you. If, like, if anybody on, did what that, does it sound like? I would say, God, I don't know. And I just run away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Um, geez, I, I don't know. Bizarre, don't. relaxing spa. Spa. spa? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, like a, it sounds like an ad for a spa. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Spa. Like spa day. Like, I don't know. Turn this on during your spa day. I don't fuck. I'm going off the relaxing here. Like, <laughs> maybe growth. I don't um, Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, relatable, I like mm-hmm. to believe uh, for people. But again, I, I feel like with those two, the beautiful and dangerous somebody everybody on earth has experienced something that's beautiful or something that's dangerous um so i like to think relatable um hopefully that's a good enough third word with bizarre but uh i mean yeah let's go with relatable that's good perfect we're sorry for putting you on the spot (laughs) no no i i thought i was hoping to have like three straight away but no all good uh so in that same train of thought but i promise it's not as much pressure is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through the album? Um, again, it's, it's, it's a tough one because uh, I, I went into writing this record with a complete open mind. Um, so I'd like, I, I, that was a right from a writing standpoint, mm-hmm. from a listening standpoint, I'd like it to be like, just, you know, there could be things on there that people will relate to. So go in it, go into it with an open mind, but at the same time, it could be things on that where they're like, yeah, this means nothing to me. It's a cool song, but so just open-mindedness, I think is a uh, key for me. So that's good. That's good. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album? Um, there is, I don't know if you guys are familiar. There's a, there's a, the, the drive between Los Angeles and San Diego, mm-hmm. um, right down the coast, you hit the point where you see, I think you go through like this, military camp area or whatever and um there was a point i remember driving home from the studio and it was sunset and the water and the the sun was bouncing off the water and it looked so beautiful that i went home and i rewrote everything i'd written for this one particular song oh wow uh, it's a song bad habit actually because i just like slowed the car right down luckily there wasn't for the first time ever barely any traffic on that road which is bizarre for there at that time of day but I slowed down and I just like looked at it and it was all these beautiful colors and 
it was really, I had the window open. It was a beautiful night. And yeah, I just remember thinking there's this one line in the, in the, in the first verse, it's like, um, we can uh, make the most, we'll drive down the coast until we're feeling all right. And uh, I just remember every time I listen to that song now or think about that song, I'm always taken back to that one memory. And it was just this one, it was probably 15 seconds and it was just this beautiful moment. Um, it was dead silent, just the sun bouncing off the water. The car was glowing orange and it was just beautiful. So yeah, that, that takes me back to that song. I went home, I rewrote, what I thought was the first verse originally to that song. And um, yeah, I changed it up. So that's wow. cool. That sunset hit you that much that you just went <laughs> home and said, I and have to rewrite all of this. The crazy thing is, is the, the sun sets and rises every single day. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it every single day, but the one time, that one specific time, it like something in me just went, that's so beautiful. And it's one of them, you like to see it through the window. And I'm like, I am in California right now. I am from this small town in England. I'd never, ever thought in a million years, I would ever be on this road in this state, let alone this country. Um, and I'm, I'm writing what I think is hopefully some of my best music as a, as a songwriter. And yeah, it just took me straight back to that. Um, so it was like, it was almost like one of those, like, moments of just pure bliss realization that not that I'd made it so to speak but that I was doing what I love in a place I never dreamed I would be so yeah that was that was definitely it for me for sure that's super cool um so picture this you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop what is your snack of choice uh dill pickle chips oh fuck yes yeah dill pickle chips and a diet dr pepper usually but i don't know i've been drinking too much diet dr pepper recently so uh yeah i'd probably go with the water but dill pickle chips what what brand though oh so usually uh is it lays oh those are the Mm -hmm. best ones they are great however i did have the kettle ones recently there you go yeah there's a deli across the street from from our apartment and they have just the kettle ones so i've kind of just had to kind of like just just those ones for now and i'm like so used to them you know it's the ridges and the flavor it's just yeah dill pickle chips without doubt dill pickle chips are underrated they really are they need more Mm -hmm. hype they They do do. they really do and i every time we're in a gas station it's like oh i want to get dill pickle chips and i always get confused because you see the green bag and you think it's dill pickle but it's like lemon or whatever and you're just like well those are very good too the the, i've never had them you have to try them you gotta try them you gotta the the lays ones oh my god yeah and i'm just like i don't know man because i think if i have a green bag of chips i'm gonna put my hand in there and think dill pickle but yeah i'm gonna be I feel like I might be let down, but yeah, you're I'll setting yourself the- up for disappointment. With exactly. That. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want that. So no, no, I'm going to try that. I'll get some, I'll get you, some. You've got me very out. excited right now because the, the, the Lay's dill pickle and the Lay's limon or whatever the fuck they are. The first two bags mm-hmm. of chips I look for anytime I go to get chips. It's that green just glows and you're like, that's it. That's yep. my night. True. <laughs> Uh, so on the topic of food if your project was a dish what dish would your project be oh man oh that's a really good question um 
don't know. I think some sort of like, some probably some sort of taco that you would have out on the patio and it's a beautiful day. And you know, when you're outside, you want like, you want like nice salad and tacos and stuff and sun shining, you got like a glass of wine or something. I don't know, but I don't know. I feel like that would be like a good, uh, kind of like just the, the feeling and the vibe of, of having a nice, I don't know, fish tacos or something, or I don't know what, but yeah, I'd, I'd go with something like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that picture. That was good. <laughs> That's That's okay. good. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So oh, if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with drink? You are killing me with this. I don't know. And we I really like food, food too. I love food, man. It would probably be um, there's a place a couple blocks from here. It's a Mexican spot, and they do a Beyond Meat um, oh, California yeah. burrito, and, and it's insane. So I'd get that uh, California burrito. And you know what? If it's death row, I'll get two of them. There you uh, go. Just hang, yeah. And uh, a, doc- a Dr. Pepper out, out of the soda fountain machine. So. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love that. So if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Fictional world. Oh, geez. Man. I think it's, I think obviously it'd be something like Hogwarts, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, there are actually a lot of places in England that do look like it. Really? You th- yeah, yeah. Like, the, you th- like up in Scotland in particular. But you throw in the magic and the flying... I mean, yeah, that would be fun, I think. Actually, it's funny. I, I was watching, uh, I think it was one of the Pirates of the, uh, the Caribbean movies uh, a while back. And that kind of uh, almost, um, they're on the seaside town. There's the, it's like a little village. And mm-hmm. um, where he, he starts, it's at the start of the movie, the very first one, I think. They're on like the little, it's on the coast, like a beautiful, I don't know what era it would be. Yeah. Maybe like the 1700s or the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be cool as well, I think. I think that would look, that would be a fun time. But I just want to like, obviously, going back in time, does that mean I can like take pictures and stuff or? You could bring a phone if you want. You might scare yeah. some people though. Yeah, you might warp time. Yeah. I take, I, take, I take my camera on my phone and take some cool pictures. And yeah, that would be a fun one. I was uh, thinking about that one recently, actually. That'd it's be cool. really cool. Yeah. Are you talking about the the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where it starts off where he's kind of on the the ship's mast and then it's like and slowly it sinking and yeah, he steps off of it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly where I was remember thinking. And there's a scene in that movie where it's like nighttime and there's no electricity. Everything's like fire, like candlelight or fire or whatever. And I just remember thinking that how nice that would be. Like even in the rain, I feel like being that close to the water, I think it would just be so beautiful at night. So mm-hmm. something like that would be great for sure. Yeah. The That's stars, cool. you'd be able to see like every star because of the lack of light pollution, you know? Exactly. That'd be yeah. that'd be something. Yeah. That'd be really cool. For sure. I like that answer. And if mm-hmm. that doesn't work out, then I'll I'll go to Hogwarts for a little bit and see what right. they're doing. And speaking of Hogwarts, what house are you? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I know there's like a, a test that you can do, mm-hmm. but I would, I mean, I'd like to be, um, Gryffindor. I'd mm-hmm. like to be just cause that seems to be where everybody goes and all the action, the, the, everything happens, but yeah, I don't know. I'd end up being something like, what is this? Hufflepuff or something. Oh, is it Hufflepuff? Yeah. 
Hufflepuff yeah. is the the yellow. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd end up just being thrown into that, and I'd be like, oh, "What do I do here?" You know. So Hufflepuffs. <laughs> but everything seems to be happening with Gryffindor. You know, like you have a point. Harry, the uh, Ron, and Hermione are all are all Gryffindor. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd fall out with that sorting hat as well. He'd be like, oh, yeah, Hufflepuff. I'm like, no, I don't know. Do it it again. Do it again. Do it it again, stupid hat man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So would you rather get Slytherin than Hufflepuff? I mean, yeah. Yeah, Hufflepuff. I feel like if I went Slytherin, I would would fully adopt the like, because they're like, you know, like without saying it, they're like the bad guys. Yeah. So I feel like I'd be like the bad guy. I'd be like, you know, I'd be the kid who's like selling cigarettes at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't smoke, but I'd be like, I'd it's like prison, you know, I'd yeah. sell exactly. cigarettes and yeah. start fights, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, You'd be the instigator. Things, yeah. I would, yeah. I'd like, yeah. you know, oh, that guy said, you know, you you haven't showered in like three weeks. So <laughs> I think you should beat him up. Or, and then and then I'd like, yo. <laughs> no, was it me? Yeah. Exactly. So, wow. Yeah. So you just completely change personalities just because you're in Slytherin. I might, you know, you might as well. At that point, yeah. You just have, have fun to. with it. Yeah. I'd like, I'd have to adopt that kind of like bad attitude. You know, I'd get like, I'd get like, you know, a tattoo of like a dagger or something. And, you know, okay. I don't know. It's just, I'd be, I'd be so stupid, but it'd be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> exactly. It'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be cool for a week. Mm-hmm. For a week, yeah. And green yeah. is my favorite color. So I feel like, you know, I can make it, hopefully make it work. There you go. You That's stole right. our last question. Oh, no. I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is it green? <laughs> so I've thought of asking the last question and every single person you've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Give us a specific answer, please. Green. Uh, and specifically because my uh my dad's side of the family are irish and we grew up visiting ireland a lot and it really is as green and as beautiful as people think it is in like movies and pictures and stuff it really is the most beautiful place on earth so green it's a it's like a nice friendly reminder of growing up um visiting grandparents and visiting family in uh over in dublin and yeah so nice emerald green as well that's nice that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, just the, the new record. I mean, August 12th, uh, Beautiful Dangerous via Sharpton Records. I'm very, very, very stoked. Very nervous, but very stoked for people to hear it. Because, uh, you know, when you, when you put yourself out to the world with something you've created, it can go any which way. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited. But at the same time, I'm sorry, I drank way too much coffee. Um, okay. I'm also very excited for people to hear it and tell me what they think. And it could be, you know, yeah, I don't like it. Or it could be, I love it. Uh, either way, at least I've, you know, I've, I, I've put something out to the world that, you know, I put my entire heart and soul into. So um, I'm just excited, nervously excited. So. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Michael from Heart of Gold, and we have been thank the Good so Noise much. Podcast.